This podcast is brought to you by Media8. Welcome to the My Business Podcast, where we sit down with local businesses and we talk about who they are, where they come from, and what inspires them to be in business. Welcome to the My Business Podcast here in the Podfire Studio. Today we have something completely different. We have a holistic workplace and empowerment coach, Angelina Badry from Universal Safety Wellness. Hello, Angelina. Hello. Thank you. This is really exciting because it's something that um, I'm guessing that a lot of people out there don't even realise is Mm. an occupation that um, needs attention. But tell us about um, Universal Safety Wellness. Yes. So Universal Safety Wellness is a company I established four years ago now um, because I found the need to support um, the industry, high-risk work environments, organisations that engage in that space um, to help them with the holistic model that truly allows them to be empowered and not have the fatalities and the injuries that they're currently having in environments such as oil and gas and mining. They're they're massive industries that the average person doesn't really think about until we hear that one of our friends is a fly-in, fly-out or something like that. But Mm. they are high-risk industries, aren't they? And this is why your services are so important. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, an important thing is to realise that Unfortunately, if something goes wrong in these environments, it's very unforgiving. And there have been a lot of people that have lost their lives. And we we need to understand that the cost of doing business should never be someone's life. And yes, these environments are defined as high risk, but it's possible to undertake those activities in a manner where people are not being negatively impacted. So you said that um, your business has been around for a little bit over four years yes. now. But um, I had a peek at your LinkedIn profile yes. and uh, your experience far outweighs that. Yep. Tell us about what you've done personally in this industry. Yeah. So, wow, take it back quite some time now. I think over 17 years I've been working in the industry. So I started off, um, you know, thanks to, to my dad, who's a petroleum engineer. So an expat kid who traveled the world and saw what the industry had to offer. Um, and unfortunately, there was a, an event where a colleague of my dad was injured. And, you know, I was very oblivious to the the cost of doing business in that sense. Like you said, right, you never really hear about what happens on the other side. Um, and so I had this, you know, belief that this industry gave you the best that life had to offer. You know, we went and traveled the world. We went to international schools. And I never saw the negative implications it could have until one day um, when we were he- – relocated here to Australia and he asked me to go to the hospital with him to see someone. And I wasn't sure who or why and we never really spoke about it, but I just went in full support. Um, so we went to the hospital and as we walked down the hospital um, hallway into the room, there was a gentleman that was lying on a bed um, by himself and he was only a few years older than my dad and he had both of his hands wrapped um, and only a few fingers visible. And what I had realized standing in the back of that room, hearing that conversation was that this individual was working on location. My dad was there with him. He always got you know, um, involved supporting people um, in whatever capacity he could. And unfortunately, someone had a lapse of judgment and um, there was an interaction with equipment and his hands and he unfortunately lost a number of his fingers. What hit me the most was sitting there and realizing that although he was, you know, very appreciative of my dad seeing him and said, I'll be on the location with you tomorrow and had all aspirations for that team camaraderie, really. He then started to open up about what it actually truly meant 
that realization that he was never going to go, you know, this is working on a, a location where you physically need um, all of That's your right, fingers, yeah. right? If you're you're an operator, you actually need to have that ca- that capability. Um, and he had a picture of his family next to him, and he said, you know, that's it. You know, he was the breadwinner. That was his livelihood in a sense, and he couldn't dress himself, feed himself. Um, that whole impact, I instantly saw the negative aspect of what a workplace could do to an individual. And in that moment, I felt so compelled to be an advocate for people like that person, but also because, you know, it could have been my dad. My brother and sister are also in the industry. So to me, I felt compelled to go, how do I then support, establish the means, the mechanisms, the capabilities to have these environments shift from the ways in which they're operating now, where someone like that individual on that bed was negatively impacted, to actually building empowered people that can thrive in the spaces. You know, there's so much engineering advancement where people actually don't need to be negatively impacted in those physical aspects. You mentioned something there that was that really dawned on me that it's not just the person that's had the injury. Yes. You, know, you talked about his family and yes. the, the impact it has on them as well. So yes. every time that something can happen that will minimise the risk of this, it's got to be something yeah. that motivates you every day, I'm guessing. Oh, 100%. And I appreciate you saying that, right? Because when I talk to individuals as well, there's so much impact when it comes to organizational cultures. And you can see people's mannerisms change, right? There can be fear of losing their jobs, so they then want to uh, conform with the norms. There might be people that push to take shortcuts instead of actually, like you said, right, we need to value our self-worth more, where when we go to make these decisions, we need to be very comfortable to be more vocal, to say, "What what are the decisions that I need to make to ensure that we have a safe outcome? And what are my motivations? So like you said, right, for my family not to be negatively impacted myself, for me to enjoy what I do and not have any implications as well to the people around me, and then redivert that because motivations change every day, right? Yeah. And you can have, for example, time pressure, um, there's certain aspects of schedule, whatever it may be, and people's then motivation and decision-making changes. So I might feel a little bit more comfortable to, you know, take a little bit of a shortcut and go in this direction. But we always need to revert back to that essence. Why do we need to do what we do to keep our sa- ourselves and others safe? That's right, to get that understanding. Mm. I guess it would be interesting because the people you would be dealing with would be a vast array of people throughout the industry. From, Absolutely. I'm guessing the CEOs and boards yes. right down to the people in the field yes. doing the job. Yes. Especially from that, that board level. How important is it for those guys there to to get this kind of stuff right? Oh, it's critical. So I am very privileged and I am very humbled that I have the ability to sit in boardrooms and have conversations with executive leaders about how they need to adequately manage the risks um, in their organizations as also support the strategies being executed on the front line. Some of the things that I have found over my time, especially um, in the space of universal safety wellness and supporting my clients is that there's a lot of assumptions that are made and a lot of lack of understanding of what it means to truly mitigate risk in organizations. So there's this gap, right? Perceptions, how organizations, business leaders think risk is being managed versus the reality on the ground. And there can be a a large gap between the two. Um, So I work with those decision makers to help them see where they're actually at So do baseline assessments, holistic safety um, challenges, identify their true starting point, and then create the roadmap to success. Because what I find is that they don't know what they don't know. That's right. And these assumptions that they might be sitting there feeling very comfortable with 
are making themselves actually exposed to being vulnerable um, for another person to be injured. And I mean, the implications are, are dramatic. I mean, absolutely, without, without sugarcoating it, you know, absolutely. Um, what are the kind of implications that would take place if something went wrong oh. to the board? Oh, absolutely. So legislation has come, you know, a few steps forward and there's now the potential for manslaughter charges. Yep. Um, so where there's negligence and um, individuals haven't, especially those decision makers, haven't demonstrated their ability to manage risk yep. um, and different streams of legislation, right? So they might say um, to an acceptable level or to as low as reasonably practicable, yep. um, you have to be able to identify and demonstrate that you're adequately and effectively managing those risks and where you're not you're exposing yourself completely because it's difficult for these guys because they would have a lot, lot of academics that would be providing yes. them with information yes. but to have someone like you that can bring in that academic theory as well as yeah. the practical theory must be important to them i think so and i'm i'm appreciative because I actually feel for a number of these business leaders because I'll be very honest I've had calls and the conversation will be Angelina, I don't understand where these areas are that we're not getting things right. Um, you know, there's either a number of incidents that are occurring. I'm feeling chronically uneased because we're seeming to do the same as other organizations that just had fatalities or the regulator has come and we're getting a lot of notices that there's areas of deficiencies or we've exposed ourselves to risk and we need to take action. But for them, they're frustrated because they say, I don't understand because I've also brought in these external providers that have supported me in these spaces, but I'm still getting told that I'm not getting it right or I'm deficient. Um, And what I find is that, unfortunately, the the support that's been given, like you said, it's not one that's holistic. And it's not coming from someone with the expertise that understands how that effectiveness looks like. How do you demonstrate assurance in your business that people understand the risks, that they're utilizing the tools adequately, um, and what they need to do to manage their own safety? So it's a challenge. How have you found – so you will go into a business and you will work – do you work from top to bottom or bottom to top? What, which Generally, way do you go? I, I, it has to be from the top to bottom. So in order for any engagement piece to be successful, you need the buy-in from the leadership team. Because whilst there will be, you know, your champions at the front line trying to do their best to, to be an advocate around safety, if you have conflicting direction given – And I've seen this in other organizations, right? Because I will tell people I'll back you 150% when it comes to safety. If you feel uncomfortable having a conversation or challenging someone, I'm happy to do that. But when I go into these organizations, I'm building these empowered frontline teams. It's challenging because then when I go out there to go, okay, well, when I'm looking for what good looks like, why have we not progressed as much as we should have? When your appetite and your willingness to want to, you know, develop and nurture your capabilities is there. When I come, it seems like we've taken some steps backwards. And I'm very, not necessarily surprised, but it's disappointed in a sense because they'll say to me, Angelina, we appreciate what you're saying. We believe it. We've been working on it. But what do we do then when we see that you talk about the way in which um, we need to do business in a safe manner and an effective manner, but we then have someone who is a manager or has more authority telling us, nah, this is what you need to do to get the job done because they haven't yet gone on that journey to appreciate how to have that organizational safety aspect um, be a symbiotic relationship. Which is why the top to the bottom technique is a must, it sounds like. And it's not just, um, I know your speciality here is in in those kind of industries, but 
I'm guessing people who are listening to this will go, you know what, that's the same in my industry as yes. well, that if you don't get that buy-in from the top level, it's just not going to work. Yes. When you speak to people out, I don't know what, how do they describe it, out in the field yep, or in the minds. Yep, when absolutely. you speak to people out, out in the field, how do they react to it? They're actually really open. I'm always appreciative because I like to have honest conversations and I'm a very forward person. So it's interesting because there's always, unfortunately, been a distaste when it comes to safety. Yep. In many workplaces. A distaste from which direction? From the people on the ground. And I've seen it right because over the time, safety professionals were brought in to be the police officer. Yep. They came in and there wasn't told a, you what to do. Yes. So yep. instantly, right. It's a, it's a challenge because you'll go into work sites with people that have been around for a long time as well. Yep. And we'll say to you, love, I remember <laughs> when I was working and we didn't have to use these tools and there weren't, yeah. you know, back in the, the day, the good days, back we in didn't, the day. right. Yep. But then they went through this transition. Then came the safety professionals that came and had that policing attitude and I'm going to write you up. And so it's a, it, it can always be a challenge, but what I find is taking a different approach Taking one where you start with compassion and care, you, you're you able to share your own story. And I think this is why I'm really driven to help individuals see their self-worth because I purposely chose to expose myself to working on locations, to working in environments where people on the tools were actually doing the job. So, you know, I've worked in a refinery, um, on a drill rig, construction sites, mining sites, you name it. I've generally put myself in that environment to understand it from the perspective of the end user, the person that's exposing themselves to the line of fire to see what their challenges are from either as an individual, as a team leader, as a supervisor. Um, And so I understand I can connect with them and I can be very vocal and saying, you know what? These are challenging times. You know what? Sometimes you, you do come to work and it's hard and you don't want to talk to people. You don't want to deal with the politics. And, you know, I laugh with people because I say, as I've progressed in my career, I, I tell people it's really, it's like the show Survivor, but Workplace Survivor. I love Survivor. Right? Yep. Me too. I'm the biggest fan. <laughs> but the unfortunate thing is we've never through, you know, think of your uh, education, right? High school or if you did any tertiary studies, you never actually got taught the the game plan on how to survive in your workplace. You can learn technical skills, but then you suddenly get into an environment where there's politics, there's relationships, there's all of these things that's happening. And I laugh with people because I'm like, wow, I've suddenly walked into Workplace Survivor and now I'm walking into a, a meeting potentially and there's alliances that have happened without me knowing it, and I might be the one that's voted off the island. We might need to get Jeff in on this one. 100%. He can um, run the tribal council for right? us. Right, yeah. but it, honestly, and it feels like that. That's right, yeah. it's the dynamics. It's, because we it's, get taught the theory. Yes. We don't get taught what it actually means in practice and how, yes. to, how to apply that theory with a group of like-minded people. Absolutely. And I'm guessing, too, in the mining industry, there'd be a lot of people that just think they're bulletproof. Yes. You know, and um, yep. it'll never happen to me. Look, yep. I don't need to wear that, do that, whatever. And that would be a real challenge for you to to change the mindset. Well, that's it, right? And this is comes down to also the the reason why I'm passionate about having a holistic approach because it's about giving clarity that it's the influences of how people think, feel, and act, not only as an individual but as a business. And when it comes to business, we need to consider the three holistic aspects, the work, the workplace, and the worker. And what we're not necessarily doing is understanding the dynamics of the values people have and how that influences then their behavior, right? I've been on so many sites, she'll be right. This is how we've done it for so many you know, years. And then you're like, well, 
if for you, it's not an if, but a when yep. something will happen. And for me, that's terrifying. Like I'm not good when it comes to having much luck or playing on luck. I'm, I've been very privileged to work with some, you know, very large organizations on the operator side. And I appreciate what they taught me, right? Trust, but verify. So go into a situation, and I know that you're the, an expert in what you do, but before I'm going to expose myself to the line of fire, I need to verify that, for example, pipelines have been purged, yep. there's controls in place, because we're all human and we can have a lapse in our mental you know, decision-making, and we might not see clear as day things that are missing. Um, so really important to understand our influence in that um, and the ability not to just say, not to feel comfortable, challenge the norm. Um, I tend to be seen as a worst case scenario person because I like to challenge and say, what if that control failed? What are our contingencies? And after that and after that. Who is your customer? Is it the is it the organizations or do you have clients that are in the field? Yeah, it's a mixture actually. So I work with um, organizations, so operating companies. I work mm -hmm. with uh, service companies that are the contractors as well as individuals that want to invest in their development. So part of my organization, I've also got a branch to it, Universal Safety Wellness Academy. Yep. Because which in, I saw on your website, which yes. is a great website, by the way. Thank you very so much. So should check that out. We'll talk about that at the end. But no, yeah. I appreciate it. So the reason why I also established that is because a realization that we're not nurturing people's development enough. We, I appreciate in many organizations, there's also friendships that are formed, but they tend to go, you know what? We found the best operator. And they're really good at what they do. And now either through, you know, changes in, in the business or the desire for them to then take a step up, they get promoted into these roles. And now they're a really great operator with a supervisor, a superintendent title, maybe even a manager title. And then they're just here, set and forget. Yep. You're now meant to sit into this space where you've got new responsibility, new accountability, but they have not but been no supported, right? Yes. And I feel really you know, taken back for these individuals, because then when I go to locations and I'm looking for the areas that we can improve and strengthen, I, I work with individuals and help them understand what does good look like when it comes to doing business well, being a high performing team. Um, and when I'm in these, let's say, for example, I'll, I'll go out um, in a light vehicle with a, a newly appointed supervisor, superintendent, and I'll start asking the qu questions. I'm a very inquisitive person, right? Yep. I, I want to understand the thinking and, and how we got to ensuring and feeling comfortable that the job that we're doing is safe. And I'll ask, so, you know, what was the planning aspect? How did you identify what are the, the main risks when you've engaged with third parties? So we've got some contractors on site. Yep. How do we know that they've got the capabilities and the you know competencies? Talk me through that whole process. And I'll feel the emotional heaviness suddenly shift in that car. And it's for no desire to make, I've never belittled anyone, but it's for me to see what teachable moment potentially is there here. Yep. And they'll turn to me and say, well, you know what? Really good questions, but I actually don't know how to answer any of that. And I don't even realize that that's part of what I need to do because I'm a really good operator. So I'm output driven. So I'm looking at this bubble. I have my, you know, tunnel vision and everything else that you spoke to me about no one's told me that I need to do that. All of a sudden, I've got a team to worry right? about. Right, and, yeah. and no one actually has shown me how to do that planning aspect. And then it's unfortunate because then I'll look at them and go, oh, okay, so how are you then feeling comfortable with the direction of, um, you know, where you're leading to in this space, doing your job? And they'll say, well, I was just mimicking the person before me in this role. And it's unfortunate. And I'll be very blunt, right? Because sometimes I'll be like, well, that person was not that great. <laughs> so you're not really learning from excellence yeah. in a way either. And so with the Academy, I'm working with organizations to help them actually build empowered 
workforces. Because my fundamental belief and what I've seen throughout my whole career working both operator side, on the contractor side, is that if you have empowered people, you will create safer workplaces. You will create more professional, more productive organizations. You know, I talk to a lot of CEOs and I say, well, how are you an employer of choice? Like good companies, good leaders support individuals actually better themselves, de develop their capabilities. Um, and so they then, they then thrive and not purely try to survive in that environment. Because in the current um, employment um, scenario, yep. it's not easy to get good employees. Yes. So you do need to put yourself there as the employer of choice, don't absolutely, you? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, when there's competition there as well, and, you know, some people are willing to just follow the dollars. But what I've found, because I've had the privilege of working with organizations, and I always say to people, find the leaders, find the people you want to work with, because that's where you'll enjoy being the most. Those work environments were the ones that actually invested in my development. They're the ones that saw my value, that said, how do we partner with you to help you be that next level professional. I'm so humbled. I remember working for a large um, oil and gas company and the health and safety director said to me, one day, Angelina, you'll be sitting across the table from me in a director's position. And they wanted to support me through my growth in my career. Of and I was so that. humbled, right? Yeah. But that's that makes you want to stay. That's, that of makes you want to be yeah. part of that team. Because you feel feel like you're appreciating what you're doing. Absolutely. With um, Now, before you came in, it was about 15 minutes before you came in and I'm looking through your website and I've read all your stuff. Yeah. And I've, I've gone holistic workplace empowerment coach, holistic, holistic. Well, how does that fit into yes. this kind of industry? Yes. Because I think people look at the word holistic and think of health. Yes. You know, yep. uh, in a, you know, uh, you know, natural medicines and things like Very that. Very much so. But it makes so much sense. The more I'm yep. talking to you here, the more it makes sense that we're not looking for the problem. We're trying to make sure that that problem never happens again yes. anywhere within that organisation. I think you should be commended on that that um, that title because it's, it's something that I don't think your industry is the only one that needs it. Yeah, your industry obviously it's the health and safety impact yes. is is huge. But I think a lot of businesses businesses should be looking at their business from that point of view of oh, what's absolutely. the root cause of what's happening. Let's just look outside the box. Let's look at the whole. The absolutely. Whole thing. You're certainly one of the most passionate people that I've spoken to. Thank in this. you. It is. It just <laughs> oozes out of you how passionate you are about it. Yeah. What's next for you? I am excited to continue on the path in trying to be a change agent. So uh, I'm excited about the conversations that are being had with industry leaders, um, with decision makers about adopting this holistic approach. So what I would like to see is that we support more organizations, more industries to adopt that holistic approach. Um, because what I'm finding is that motivations vary, right? And especially with these um, organizations, it's still very reactive. We're still quite, not quite there in terms of m moving forward because we want to, like you said, with the passion part, right? Which I appreciate. So organizations and business leaders tend to do things because they're forced to, an incident's occurred. Yep. yep. There's legislation, it's mandated, we have to, or there's a client requirement. So it's still forced upon us in some way. So it's still very reactive instead of saying, you know what? How do we just be better? And what I've found has been the most successful for my clients is when I've been able to engage with CEOs and business leaders that have been vulnerable and transparent enough to say, you know what, what's worked for us in the past hasn't got us to where we want to get to. We're open to considering a different pathway and taking a different approach. Angelina, can you come and provide us some support in that space? And I have partnered with these organizations and we have gone 
to their whole workforce and empower them to be part of the solution in terms of that step change of how business is done. And I was so humbled. I went and did a roadshow with a client and I was speaking to the workforce about how they, you know, get involved and, and change the trajectory of how work is done. And it was interesting because one of the questions that I ask when we start breaking off into work groups is, well, what does good look like? From your perspective, right? We've talked about challenges, your motivations, you know, how do you become a leader in that space? And I was so humbled because an individual said, the, you know, what does good look like? And they said the future of this business because this is the direction we're taking. And that was something different to them, right? It was about building an empowered workforce. And for them, that was something different. But it comes back to that building and, you know, nurturing the development of high-performance individuals. So universal safety wellness – the journey yes. has just begun. Yes, which yes. Is, which is amazing. And I, and I can only think that um, the great outcomes you're going to create through an industry that really is going to benefit from them. So I appreciate that. You won't believe how, how quickly this time has gone. I've just been blown away with it. Yep. How do people get in contact with, with Angelina? I am on LinkedIn. Um, you can also contact me through the website. Um, and yeah, reach out personally and send me an email, give me a phone call. I love having conversations and seeing how I can support people um, on their journey to success. So universalsafetywellness.com yes. is the website. I, look, I just put um, universal safety wellness into Google yep. and the amount of stuff that came up on that was amazing. And it awesome. took me to your LinkedIn page as well, which was a great awesome. uh, insight into the person you are. Thank you so much for coming in. My it's pleasure. been an absolute pleasure having you here and I hope to see you again soon. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thanks, Angelina. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the My Business Podcast brought to you by Media 8 on the Podfire platform. If you want to be on our podcast, please reach out to the team on all our socials at mybusiness.pod.